Hello, welcome to another episode of the Kenyan Wall Street Podcast. It's Ali Mwakaneno, your usual host. So today I am with Aisha Pandor, the founder and CEO of Swift South. And we want to get to know more about her startup. Welcome to the show, Aisha. Thanks, Ali. Thanks for having me. So Swift South, what does the platform do? So Sweep South is a platform that's available as a app or website that connects busy homeowners who need help with things around the house with home service professionals who can help with everything from cleaning to gardening to plumbers and electricians um, and a range of services. We are very driven to in addition to being about convenience for people ordering these services, we're very driven around uh, our mission of helping to create meaningful work opportunities for home service providers who were previously unemployed or underemployed. We all know that the current, or rather, I, I'm saying current from, from a Kenyan context here, is that um, in case someone needed home service, there's a way you can just connect to domestic workers in Kenya for laundry it's the mama force directly through either maybe phone numbers or you know someone who knows someone what's the edge of having a platform instead well you know I I am I think of it in the sense of my experience of these markets um, in in the countries that I've visited Kenya included you know there's on the one hand the consumer who a phone call you know we're as young people we're becoming more and more uh digitally capable uh digitally literate you know just used to ordering all of these services online um and so the difference to me is someone saying well i can just uh you know call the restaurant myself and uh and i can you know um go and pick up the order or i can get them to bring the order to me versus a platform which you know, which which manages everything end to end in a very seamless way and in which the, the whole transaction from like, I need someone to it's done and that person has been vetted already and is booked and everything's confirmed. That's taking place over on an app over, you know, two or three minutes. So there's a big convenience aspect versus what existed before. But I think also, you know, and going back to the service providers who work on platforms like Sweep South, um, my experience is that people are sitting around waiting for work um, all day, you know, and they'll maybe get a call to say you have a booking tomorrow or there's a request for your services. Whereas on the platform, we're managing, helping to manage schedules so that if you're someone who wants to work, you know, two, three, four times a week over a long period, we're able to put those bookings into your schedule. And ultimately there should be very little wait time or you know i'm waiting for someone to call me hoping that with this agency there's going to be a customer who you know specifically wants me as the person who's going to go and do a job so so we're really just facilitating a much more seamless experience on on all sides most of the founders that i have interacted with have a sort of personal story behind behind the venture Mm -hmm. what's yours yeah, so um, ours, ours is the case as well. So my co-founder in the business is my husband, who is also our CTO. And we are firm believers, firstly, just in general, in the ability of technology 
to really change the world and bring about um, progress and sort of, you know, um, speed up progress, particularly on the continent when it comes to uh, education, financial inclusion, um, employment and work opportunities, you know, a range of things. And so we have always wanted to start a tech business, um, didn't know what, liked the idea of platform marketplaces because you are benefiting, basically you're benefiting two sides um, of a transaction and you have to make sure that both sides, you know, you're, you're value adding on both sides, which makes it more complex, but I think also more rewarding from an ecosystem point of view. And so our, our personal experience is that we were working through business ideas at home at the time, uh, had resigned from our jobs um, because we knew we wanted to start a business, still weren't sure what it would be. And our nanny and helper at home said she was going to be going away um, over the holiday period. And um, she asked us to try and find a replacement to step in short term. And that process was very, very inconvenient and um, convoluted for us. It was a big, big, big waste of time. Just, you know, as you said, calling these agencies, uh, trying to find the right person, then wanting to speak to the person before they came to our home to make sure that you know, they would gel with our family, et cetera, et cetera. And then I think on the other hand, we really saw the experience of these women who, who did this type of work, um, you know, being badly paid, badly treated, um, being underemployed in many cases. And so we saw the opportunity through our own experience to, to use technology to just make that whole experience a lot better for everyone involved. As a young person who might be interested in, in the services, could you walk me through how the platform works? And that's before, again, we go back to the story because I feel like there's still something more we can explore. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, again, the, the ordering is through a, a website or an app. Um, we started off as a home cleaning service. We now offer a range of different services from, you know, indoor cleaning, outdoor gardening and cleaning, um, heavy lifting for moving services, fixing and maintenance. So you've got to choose which service you're looking for. Once you've done that, you give us a little bit of information about um, your home. So, you know, these are the hours that I'd like someone to work or uh, these are the bedrooms and bathrooms that I'd like to be serviced. Um, you can add a range of additional services. So if it's a home cleaning, you know, you can ask for laundry and ironing to be done as well. Um, and then you choose how often you'd like the service to be booked. So we offer sort of just one sort of ad hoc services, but you can also make a regular subscription type booking. And, um, and then that's it. And we'll serve you a number of uh, service providers. We can suggest for you and will initially suggest for you, especially if you're a new customer based on our algorithms, we'll say, you know, based on what you've asked to be done and your priorities and the area that you live in, these are the people who, who we suggest, but you can also scroll through a list if you'd like to choose for yourself. Um, and you'll see, you know, biographies, ratings, experience, et cetera, of every person. Uh, and then once you've confirmed that, you give us your payment details and you book. That whole process, again, takes on average a few minutes. Um, so it's seamless, it's fast. Um, we try and, you know, take care of the decision making as much as possible using the data that we've picked up from, you know, six or seven years of operations. And it's, yeah, you know, highly, highly convenient. And I think importantly, everyone on our platform has been vetted before being listed. So, you know, you know that these are people who have been background checked and have references, etc. Asha, when, when you were talking about um, this, this story 
on um, you and Alan starting the company, one of the things that you mentioned is the pay of the service provider at that time. Yeah. What are some of the ways in which you think Sweep South is improving the well-being of its employees, Sweepsters, mm-hmm. and especially now that most of them belong to you know the informal sector and the gig economy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know we don't really like the term gig economy because um, especially through Sweep South, what we're helping people to do is to enter the workforce, and mm-hmm. often these are, you know there are more ongoing relationships with a a customer for example then you know this is just a you know a gig a once or face thing and i think you know what we do speaks to us wanting to have a longer term positive impact on people's experience of working in this industry so um yes pay is one thing i mean you know there's an absolute minimum that you can book uh through the platform so we you know we're we have a floor where in the market outside of sweep south people will just negotiate down as low as you know as as low as possible in many cases unfortunately and you know if someone's not willing to take that low cost you'll just you know, go to someone else because as we know in the markets that we operate in there are very high levels of unemployment and so you know people will take advantage so we set we set a minimum price um that is you know far above minimum wage in 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 any market that we're in Um we also do regular surveys that look at the payment of sweep stars versus other similar so other people working in the same industry outside of sweep south's environment and in every single case working on the sweep south platform you're paid more as someone who even formally worked on the sweep south platform and then went to go and privately work you know for you know a direct employer or whatever people are also earning more So you know what we're doing is setting a standard around pay setting a standard around quality etc which is something that's very important in this industry that is very fragmented you know an individual is working in a home that relationship sort of stays private and no one knows you know at at large what are people paying domestic workers on average um what we've also tried to do is so we've we've released an annual survey uh, this year will be our fourth year i think um wow. where we we actually collect data on how much domestic workers earn across South Africa we're doing it in Kenya for this year um and and we'll also do it in Nigeria um so that people are aware you know when i'm paying someone x amount how does this compare to uh industry averages how does it compare to uh booking this work via a platform like sweep south and i think more importantly what does this actually mean for this person's life and their own living expenses so we really t- try and conscientize the public to you know how much domestic workers are paid uh this work is super meaningful for the people who they work for um but you know what what is what is this person using that money for who are they taking care of how much goes towards rent and groceries and everything else and you know you'll find that there's very very little disposable income um at the end of it so just trying to sort of in the public sphere have people understand how little um people are actually being paid and hopefully over time that's going to result in not just in sweep south's environment but you know in, in the whole industry on the continent uh payment rates going up and then the other benefits that we offer that are important so we've had partnerships that offer free life and disability insurance uh we've offered free educational courses financial literacy courses we help people with financial inclusion by opening up bank accounts for everyone who who comes to work on the platform and making sure that those bank accounts are 
not exploitative. So they're not, you know, a, 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 a bank account is going to, you know, use up 10% of your monthly income on banking fees, for example. Um, and then I think just professionalism and, you know, working for a platform where the platform has a reputation and has a brand, people will treat you better. They know that they're accountable. So they, you know, they need to treat you properly. They can't ask you to work, you know, three extra hours without paying you for that. Um, so there's a there's a, a big element of also just being part of a, a network where there's accountability on both sides and helping people then to behave professionally. You know, from where I sit, I get um, the business rationale as a consumer of, you know, accessing more convenient cleaning services. And I also understand the impact rationale behind improving the livelihoods of, you know, some of the most important, you know, workers in, in economies, um, in this case, the sweepsters. But how are you warming up to your markets? Do you have numbers that you could share on some of the milestones that you've achieved so far? Um, yeah, so, you know, there's been great growth in, in the South African market. And I think, you know, in the recent um, last, you know, six, seven months or so in the Kenyan market as well. Um, in, in both markets, COVID had an impact for sure. We've made a really strong recovery. We reached our one millionth booking uh, at the end of October last year. Um, we're servicing, um, you know, thousands of of, um, of customers, thousands of homes, tens of thousands of, of homes um, per month. Um, and so, yeah, you know, really, really solid growth. And I think what we're looking forward to is the expansion into and, and growth of these different verticals that we've gone into. So the outdoor services, you know, the sort of artisanal um, electricians, plumbers, handymen services, and then also growth into new markets. So very excited about, um, you know, our Kenyan operations. We've hired three engineers uh, in Kenya, uh, in addition to our ops team. And then also looking at West Africa as another really interesting potential market. Let's, let's talk about your early days as an entrepreneur, of course. I understand that you're um, a geneticist. How was the switch to being an entrepreneur from being a geneticist? I love, I mean, I, I love, absolutely love science. I love, um, I'm a, just by nature, very curious. I, I just want to know about the world and how the world works. I want to know about people and how people work in biology. And so I've, I sort of think of genetics and and biology is my, my first love in many ways, but I think there are lots of crossovers. You know, I think, I think like as a scientist, you, you do experiments, you, you ask questions about the world or the universe, and you use experimentation to help, to help you answer those questions or hypotheses. And I think you're doing the same thing when you're building a business, you're, you know, you have a hypothesis. Our hypothesis was that if we built a platform that could connect two sides of the home services market together, it would improve the experience of both sides. And then we had to test it by first building an MVP and, you know, and, and trialing that in the market and then building more and more assumptions onto it. So I don't think that there are too many differences between mm -hmm. genetics and, and entrepreneurship or science and entrepreneurship. But the difference, the big difference is that you've got a market that you've got to satisfy and your problem is a problem that, that, can be solved or should be solved at scale as an entrepreneur, particularly a tech entrepreneur. And so this is why entrepreneurship for me really drew me the, because I felt as a scientist, I was quite removed from the day-to-day -day problems of, of South Africans, of Africans. Um, and 
particularly, you know, the genetics and, and gene therapy. And, and I thought, you know, as a young South African, as a young black woman who had had a good education, you know, a good skill set, I felt I really should be dedicating some of my career to solving like, you know, large scale problems, unemployment, um, lack of access to digital products and services, um, education, again, you know, financial inclusion, those sorts of things, like the, the sorts of things that in my mind move societies forward. Let's talk about money, you know, investments. I, I, I read somewhere that um, you, you and your partner built um, Soup South through um, bootstrapping and mm. some of it had to involve incurring quite some heavy personal expenses. Um, <laughs> could you could you delve into that journey a little bit? Yeah, so um, we wanted to first build something that we felt very confident in before even thinking of approaching investors. Um, and obviously by this time, you know, we'd resigned from our jobs, so we weren't earning an income. And so to help, you know, pay our own expenses and the business expenses um, over about 15 months, we ended up selling our, well, firstly, we, we had our savings, which we used. We then cashed in our pension. Um, yeah, any other sort of like little investments and things that we had. And then we ended up selling our house and selling everything in our house from, you know, our bed and the and the bedding to like all our yeah couch wow. tv everything um yeah like cutlery even like literally everything <laughs> um and um yeah it was just it was important for us to to have our own skin in the game um and again just to you know have a measure of traction before before approaching investors it's not something in hindsight you like I, I think it was pretty extreme in hindsight like you know i think entrepreneurs probably shouldn't like you don't cutlery. need to go that far yeah it's not the cutlery keep the save the cutlery <laughs> um you know i think you can you can like we literally went for everything i think you can use your savings or your pension or you know whatever relatively liquid assets you have okay so here you are um you found a niche that you're passionate about you've um, you've put in your, your personal stake literally into the business and you've developed an MVP. What was that sign that, you know, signified to the business that it's time maybe to go seek out an investor, you know, before you, you got um, into a partnership with, say, future growth? So I think we weren't necessarily um, looking for investment. So, you know, future growth was in the last year or so. Um, our first first investment was an angel investment from Newtown Partners, who are a South African early stage fund run by Vinnie Lingham, who's a South African entrepreneur who's now based in California, um, and you know and, and has done really well. Um, and so you know had chosen to 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 invest in other South African entrepreneurs. Um, and you know our first exposure to to investors was actually just going to a pitching conference, and pitching and Vinny was one of the judges and came to us after our pitch and said you know and it wasn't even pitching for funding it was just pitching I don't know like <laughs> or pitching for a prize which which wasn't investment and also you know we wanted to just pitch to an audience where we hoped some people would become Sweep South customers um, and this was like five six months into after launching 
um, about six months since we built the platform and launched and then another six months and then we did this pitching competition. So about, you know, a year of working on the thing um, from scratch. Um, and yeah, I mean, we were, we were not really prepared for an investment conversation. And again, in hindsight, we really should have been because we were running out of money very quickly. But we were fortunate, really fortunate to have um, Vinny and Lou come on board and then raise subsequently from more sort of institutional investors in South Africa and, and abroad. Um, but I think we knew from the get go that we were probably we would need to fund the business through investment. And so purposefully built a business, built the business in a way that, you know, it would look good for investors when that time came. I think we just didn't know like, when the time would come. We didn't really plan it very well. At this point, I'm aware that uh, the company has raised, I think, over $6 million in funding from all the way from Vini to Naspas, uh, the Foundry, Future Growth, Smolan Group, and other investors. What's the expansion plan after Kenya? Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm currently in Lagos, um, evaluating this as, as a market you know, absolutely love, love the energy here. So, it, you know, it would be, it would be great to look at this um, as, as our next market. Um, I think in terms of overall strategy, we, we recognize that this platform works well in emerging markets where you have similar issues around home services and access to home services and unemployment and underemployment, particularly in the informal sector. And so wherever those problems exist, and again, you know, there are many emerging markets, large um, emerging market economies that have the same challenges. Sweep right. um, South is a great solution for addressing those. So our big growth avenues come from international expansion and then the rollout of these additional verticals um, into more and more markets. How do you decide whether you want to, to get into, into a market? So for example, how did you decide to get into Kenya from South Africa? And what are some of the things that you're, you're evaluating in Lagos? Yeah, so, um, you know, in addition to some of the socioeconomic factors that I just spoke about, I think um, things that make a market interesting for us are, um, so internet penetration, smartphone penetration, um, it needs to be, you know, relatively high and well-established for a market to make sense in the near future. Um, we also look at uh, the sort of broader tech ecosystem, and that's because often other tech uh, companies make really great partners for the first few years post entry into a market. So, you know, can we partner with an Uber? Can we partner with a, a Jumia, Safeboda, a, a Glovo, etc.? Um, and and that also sort of speaks to just you know the the sort of penetration of. Uh, digital services, you know, if people are ordering Ubers successfully in a market, it's more likely that they're going to be happy and comfortable with the idea of ordering home services. Uh, we also look at ease of doing business. So, you know, if it's really, really complicated to set up an entity um, and, you know, and just in general to do business, that, that, that obviously makes us reconsider a market. Um, and then also just culture in general. Um, you know, uh, we we like markets with a culture of sort of uh, good pace of progress, fast moving. Um, you know, you want to see sort of growth of a middle class. You want to see government wanting to facilitate that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, those are those are just some of the things we look at. But with every market, it's really important for um, 
members of the team to spend some time in the market to get a, a an in-market feel of what it's like. Last question I have for you today. Um, you know, now that you've traveled, you know, the whole the whole journey from bootstrapping to raising funding to expanding operations in, from um, South Africa, Kenya, and now entering Nigeria, what more should we expect in future from Sweep South? Um, so, you know, I think I think just just growth and you know and and ideally explosive growth in terms of um, the number of bookings that we have on the platform in terms of revenue in terms of new markets that we enter into. I think what we're also trying to do is build an ecosystem, so a true platform ecosystem around a lot of these services. So I spoke a little bit about, you know, the the added benefits of being on the platform, like you know, digital literacy and education, um, financial inclusion and financial literacy. And so, we see a real opportunity with partners to build some of these services into the platform. Um, you know, we offer insurance as an example on the platform uh, for, you know, for all of your bookings. Um, how can we extend insurance offerings to, to a range of financial services and products that we can offer to both our customers and to um, sweep stars, the service providers on the platform. So there's, there's a, a lot of opportunity for growth um, within this, this sector, within this industry and I mean, frankly, that's why I, I think it's so exciting building a business on the continent, because as much as they're challenges, they're these huge opportunities to leverage uh, what you've built to help address those challenges. And in doing so, to build a really, really strong moat around your business. All right. That's going to be it. To our listeners, that was Aisha Pandor, this founder of Sweep South. We're definitely going to have more more conversations about operating in uh, in the informal sector. Thank you so much for joining us on this show, Aisha. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Ali.